Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's interesting to hear sometimes the phrases or ideas that people think are from the Bible, even when those phrases or ideas are not only not in the Bible, but contrary to what Scripture teaches us. One such popular phrase is, God helps those who help themselves. As recently as 2013, a Barna Group poll showed that 70% of Americans thought that was either a direct quote from the Bible or an accurate representation of what the Bible teaches. Somewhat ironically, in that same poll, 81% of Americans said they had an adequate or more than adequate knowledge of what the Bible teaches. In Psalm 146, when I read that, I couldn't help but think of all those times I had heard God helps those who help themselves falsely attributed to the Bible. For us here at St. Paul's this morning, Psalm 146 serves as both a stern warning and a wave of comfort to us who hear it. And at first glance, Psalm 146 does not seem to be one of those texts that we as Christians have a tough time with. It actually seems like a pretty easy text for us to read. It starts off easy enough with a command, a joyous and familiar command. The command to praise the Lord, a word we all know even in the Hebrew, hallelujah. And then in verse 2 we read, that not only ought we to praise the Lord, but the psalmist himself will praise the Lord with all of his being and as long as he should live. But then we get to verses three and four, verses that read, put not your trust in princes in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. And on that very day, His plans perish. When reading those verses, I began to think about how easy it is for us to fall into that trap the psalmist warns us against in verses 3 and 4. The first way we fall into that trap may be the somewhat obvious way. It's when we put our trust and our faith and our belief in a mortal man over and against God. I think we've all been reminded this past month and every election season just how easy it is to fall into that trap. Now, whether you were happy with how the results went on Tuesday or you were discouraged by the voting, Psalm 146 reminds you, put not your trust in princes, in the well-manicured, boisterous confidence, catchy slogans, and agreeable personalities that they portray. No matter what happens with the economy, Psalm 146 tells us, put not your trust in a human being in whom there is no salvation. And no matter what happens in foreign countries or with this country's future, we're told that for mortal man, on the day he dies, his plans too will perish. But there's also a second way we fall into the trap outlined in verses 3 and 4 
of Psalm 146. And it's what made me think of that phrase, God helps those who help themselves. In all those times, I had heard it falsely attributed to Scripture. Today, we as individuals are more autonomous than we've ever been in human history. We can get pretty much whatever food, entertainment, clothing we want at will and at any point of the year. Most of us haven't given a second thought to whether or not it was a good harvest this year or if we or our families will survive if the winter is particularly harsh. We've set up devices and conveniences to make our lives as successful and as well manicured as possible. And right now, we enjoy a greater level of sheer comfort than most generations could have ever imagined. And you could say that our plans have worked. You could say that we have helped ourselves out quite a bit. It's awfully easy in the 21st century to think that we are the ones who help ourselves. Even on a daily basis, it's easy to think that we help ourselves with the plans and the ways we map out success for our lives on a daily basis. If you're an athlete, maybe that plan was that play you suggested to your coach that fooled the defense. Or if you're in business, maybe that plan was that big presentation that not only did you plan, but you delivered and you knocked it out of the park and you got that big contract for your company and you set yourself up for the future. For a parent, maybe that plan is just the complex schedule of where the kids need to be, when they need to be there, who's dropping them off, and then hopefully picking them back up. And if you're a student, maybe that plan was the midterm paper or project you conveniently forgot about on Saturday night when you were hanging out with your friends and you had to scramble, you had to stay up way too late, but you got it done, you got it turned in, and now your parents and teachers and even seminary professors are none the wiser. Whatever it may be, whatever our plans are, it is awfully easy to think we have helped ourselves. But Psalm 146 warns us against that conceitedness. The conceitedness that we not only exhibit, but sometimes even deep down think we deserve. A conceitedness that's contrasted by whom the psalmist tells us to praise. We read in verse 5, Blessed is the one whose help is not in himself, but blessed be the one whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is resting upon the Lord his God. The hope of men, the hope that we can just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and figure out a way to map out the success of our lives, Psalm 146 tells us that's fleeting foolishness. And Psalm 146 tells us that the Lord our God, unlike ourselves who are a relatively brief moment in time that will one day pass away from this earth, the Lord our God is the maker of heaven and earth and all that is in them. Psalm 146 tells us that the plans of man, 
they're a fickle enterprise, but that the Lord can be counted on. In verse 6, we read, the Lord keeps faith forever. And in verses 7 through 9, we read that it is the Lord who is the giver of food to the hungry, the Lord who frees the oppressed, the Lord who sets the enslaved free, opens the eyes of the blind, lifts up those who are bent down, that the Lord loves the righteous, that the Lord watches over the sojourners or the foreigners. He upholds the widow and the orphan, and that he will reign forever. That group I just listed, the oppressed, the blind, the hungry, the slaves, the foreigner who would have no bodily protection in a land not his own, the widow and the orphan, those who are not only dealing with the grief of death, but in the customs of the day had legal uncertainty towards their financial future. These are the ones who are in need. These are the ones who can't help themselves. When we make plans that go well and devise ideas for success in our lives and enact them beautifully, we can sometimes even make ourselves that prince or our plans and our ideas that man we trust in over and above God. But we are in need of help. And as Psalm 146 tells us, in the plans of man, in mortal men, there is no salvation. Despite all the earthly comfort we try to provide for ourselves, our houses, our bodily protection, clothing, the food in our fridge, our 2020 vision, the trust funds we've set up, and even the good health and freedoms we enjoy. Even with all that, we, of our own standing, are one of those who are helpless, one of those who can't help themselves. And Psalm 146 tells us that in short, we do not have a God who helps those who help themselves, but a God who helps those who can't help themselves. And God helps each one of us, the helpless sinners that we are. Sinners who of our own ability and of our own planning could not achieve nor merit salvation. And our help is in the God of Jacob, and our hope is in our Lord Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son. Because in our sin, we are the hungry to whom Jesus says in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, I am the bread of life, that whoever comes to me shall never hunger. And in our sin, we are poor and blind to the sin that is in our very nature, caught in the oppression of that sinful nature. But listen to what your help, your hope, your God says to you in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. Jesus reading the prophecy of the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 61 to be exact. He reads to the crowd, the Spirit of the Lord 
is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And when he had finished reading, he said to the crowd, today this scripture has been fulfilled. Or in Ephesians, where Paul reminds us that we were at a time separated from Christ, alienated from the covenants of the promise, having no hope, and were without God. That although we should be foreigners in the kingdom of heaven, Paul tells us you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. As members of that household, we are co-heirs with Christ and have the inheritance of salvation that of our own plans we ought to have lost. And that we are no longer an orphan, but have a father in heaven. And as the church, we're no longer widows, but the bride of Christ. We are people of a plan, but it's not the one we've enacted to help ourselves, nor the one any other man has come up with to help us. But we're people of an eternal plan, a plan that is from the one who was and is and is to come, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. The one whose reign does not perish, but is eternal. It's the plan of God's promise brought into the fullness of reality in Christ. That's our assurance. That's the comfort that we have. Hope which is manifested in what has already come in Christ crucified and raised from the dead. It's a comfort that has the power over death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too will be raised from the dead and have the newness of life. We read Psalm 146 as a promise, but not like the campaign promises of the princes of this world, nor like the plans and promises we make for ourselves, but a promise that is everlasting, a promise that in the light of Christ, we see God's promised help and hope. And Psalm 146 ends with that same command it began with. Praise the Lord. Praise the God who helps those who can't help themselves. The God that helps you. And to that command, we say hallelujah indeed. Amen. At this time, we rise for the singing of the Te Deum.